Let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the chaplains in our schools. We give you thanks for the light of Christ that they shine. And we pray that more and more you'd give them opportunities to, to, Father, be that presence, be that love and that light in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, look, I, I'm a father of four and I really appreciate the work that you guys do. And um, if my kids haven't seen chaplains, I'm sure that they will at some point. <laughs> Several years ago, long time ago when I had hair, um, got to go back a while, um, I was at Bible college at the time and we were down at the river having a barbecue. So kind of the families all over there, the extended family, um, and this church comes down to the river and they do this baptism and then after the baptism's all finished and they're all walking away, this lady begins to walk to me and I get really excited. I have zero evangelistic ability, like I am as incompetent as they come. When I started at Bible college, my prayer was, God, let me lead one person to Christ. That was a drunk guy on the way to a Christian meeting where he was already Yes, I'm going to become a Christian. That's, that's how incompetent I am. <laughs> and as this lady's walking to me, my question, my, I'm saying, Lord, you know, thank you. This person's going to come and, and I'm going to learn something about how to, you know, do evangelism well. And she walks over to me and she goes, did you see the, the baptism? I said, yeah, I did. And there's this pregnant pause. And she looks at the fire, points to it and goes, the fire's hot, hell's hot, you should read this. <laughs> she hands me this tract, kind of look at it, it's all about what happens when you die, and then she walks away. And I said, you know, Lord, I don't know how to do evangelism well, but I will never do it like that. <laughs> like, there is no way I'm going to do it like that. I'd rather be incompetent. Well, I guess, I, I guess she was too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, that has stuck with me for a long time. Um, I will die with that story embedded in my head. But how do we shine the light of Christ? There is that you know, little statement in the Great Commission, we're supposed to go, we're supposed to be witnesses. But how do we do that without doing it like that? Without being all preachy and, oh man. There's, see, on one side, there's, I'm going to say nothing. Well, that's... That's not good. We're supposed to be witnesses, shine our light, not bury it, all that kind of stuff. But over here is doing it in a way that just turns people off. I mean, I'm, I was going to Bible college at that time and I was turned off. There has to be some kind of balance. And um, I want to talk about just three things that I've done that have helped me to the point where I have... Like lots of conversations with people about Jesus and it's not unnatural. It's very natural. I just want to share with you three things that have helped me to be able to do that. And the first one is we need to love God and love people. The, the two great commandments, you know, Jesus says in Matthew 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And the second one, love your neighbor as yourself. That is the foundation. For me, that's the starting point. I have to love the person, not the personality. I have to love who they are, not who they appear to be. And that, that's, that's what we're called to do. 
and loving your neighbour, stop, thumbs up from God. When it comes to serve week, we don't have to love on them and then share the gospel. Loving them is the good news. Loving them is the point. When we love people, job well done. Like that's, that's the goal, is to display, shine the light of God, which is his love to people. And that's, that's where we stop. And love God. You know, like people are not our agenda. They're, they're people to be loved. They're made in God's image and we need to love them. And because we love God, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel, I'm not ashamed of who God is, I'm not ashamed of Jesus, then he can come up in conversation that I have with people. So we've got to love. That's the first thing. The second thing we've got to do is listen. We've got to listen to people because anxiety is a problem, broken families are a problem, depression's a problem. There are lots of problems in society and if we stop and we listen... We'll hear them. We'll hear them. If we stop and listen, if we give people time. You know, one of the beautiful things about chaplains is they're not there to teach the kids. They're not there to administer the kids. They're not there as psychologists to analyze the kids. They're there to be who they are, and, and that's what they present. This, this is who I am. I'm here to listen to you. And their ministry comes out of everything that they are. And the same thing can go for us. When we meet with people, we can listen to them and we can genuinely hear what they have to say. Now, there's the big news. We're all sinners. We need to turn to Jesus and go through him to be reconciled with God. There's that big good news. But, you know, it's not the only good news of Scripture. The beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins with, you know, blessed, happy are those who have a spirit of poverty, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's good news. When you get to the end of your rope and you're like, Psh, I, I, I've had it, it's good news when someone says, you know what, there are the resources of the kingdom that are here for you. You don't have to do this alone. That's good news for people. It's good news when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. When people own up, and that's tough, when people are vulnerable and they go, hey, I'm really struggling here. The good news is we can say, I'm going to be there for you. I have a long-term friend. hadn't seen him for 30 years. I have been reading the paper that he'd done something really stupid and was in jail. And my thought is he needs someone in his corner. You know, he, he needs someone to just stand with him. He's not going to judge him. Who, he's going to accept him and stand with him in the midst of a big mess. Well, that's around us all the time. All those kinds of needs are around us. The needs of, am I good enough? If we listen, we'll hear many people say that. We'll hear many people talk about their loneliness and depression. And if we can listen for those things, then we're able to offer them good news that are seeds. Seeds that can be planted. We don't have to begin with, here's the big tree, guys. Plonk. Seeds are small. And as we plant those seeds of love by listening to people, we will naturally move into conversations. And we move from casual conversation into 
deeper conversations into meaningful conversations. And meaningful conversations always lead to spiritual conversations if you're not ashamed of the gospel. If you're ashamed of Jesus, you can have it deep and meaningful with someone and Jesus will never come up. But if you love Jesus, he's going to come up in conversation. I've gone into conversations with atheists, like hardcore. I've got a cousin, he's a hardcore atheist. Goes out of his way to have arguments with Christians. And when I met up with him, I went, I am not going to bring up Jesus. Like, I am, I'm intentionally not going to come up. But you know, you have a meaningful conversation with someone, and if they know you're a Christian, he comes up. He bubbles to the surface. We had another friend of mine uh, from uni days, came around, atheist, strong, bang. And it came a point where Carolyn comes in and she goes, you guys are talking about Jesus again. I said, he brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Now, he brought it up because he was trying to avoid the meaningful conversation we were having and he thought, if I bring up Jesus, Colin will stop talking about it. <laughs> but meaningful conversations naturally lead to conversations about Jesus. They naturally do that if we're not ashamed of the gospel. Now, what do we say? Well, this is where often we can try to become salesmen for Jesus. Jesus doesn't need salesmen. We don't need to be telemarketers and learn all the sales techniques. What he calls us to do is be a witness. Now, a witness's job in court is really simple. What did you see? What did you hear? What happened from your perspective? That's it. Your job as a witness is not to convince the jury. That's the lawyer's job. We're not called to be lawyers. Thank God. We're called <laughs> to be witnesses. And as witnesses, our job is to say, well, this is what I've seen in Jesus. This is what I've experienced in Jesus. Now, if there's stuff I don't know, I don't know. You know, I don't know how this microphone works. No idea. But I'm relying on it right now. I don't know everything about Jesus, but I do rely on him. And I do trust him. I definitely don't know everything about my wife. Rely on her too. We don't have to have all the answers. If we don't know it, we don't know it. Meaningful conversations naturally lead to spiritual conversations. So we need to love, we need to listen. The last one is we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to have meaningful conversations in our culture. We're not good at it. As Australians, we're really bad. Monday morning, we'll talk about the football, about how the Dockers broke another record. <laughs> and, and I'm a Dockers fan. But we won't go deep in conversation with people. We won't talk about their dreams and their hopes or their disappointments or their fears. We keep it shallow. There's an ad going on at the moment, the Are You OK ad. The Australian government is running a campaign trying to teach us to ask the question, Are You OK? Why? Because we're not good at it. We're not good at, at meaningful conversation. How are you doing? Good. How are you? There's a, there's a thing that I do when someone says, when I'll, try, I'll get in first, how are you? And they'll go, good, how are you? I'll say, good, how are you? <laughs> and they'll answer again. But we're not actually listening to each other. In our culture, you know, Australians are great when a situation's really bad. 
I, I believe that. One of the strengths of being an Aussie is when things are really bad, we are really good. But when things are okay or appear okay, we're not so good at that. So we need to learn the question, you know, are you okay? And we can drive that as people that genuinely love other people. We can become the guy in the office that asks the question, are you okay? And we can blame the government. They told me to say that. <laughs> we can be people that have meaningful conversations with people. We can be the kind of people that when we finish a conversation, just ask the question, how can I pray for you? You know, that one question, so simple, how can I pray for you? Immediately says, you are going to be on my radar when you're out of sight. Oh, how cool. Anyone that's got a love language of gifts, that's gold. And pray for them, obviously, pray for them. That's a good thing. But it's us just living out our faith unashamedly, but having good conversations with people, listening to people, going beyond it. We do that in our small groups. It's in our small groups that we get to practice. It's in our small groups we get to practice having conversations, and we grow in that because it is a skill. It is a skill. Listening is a skill. Being able to... Be vulnerable and allow other people to be vulnerable. That's, that takes practice. And we can practice those things in our small group. We can practice loving one another in our small groups and pushing the boundaries with that. That's what I found that's worked for me. Obviously pray, pray for people, ask God for strength and wisdom. But then really it's about loving people and letting that be the agenda listening to them and just keep learning how to do it better as you go let's pray heavenly father i give you thanks that you loved us while we were enemies while we weren't listening to you you loved us you cared for us thank you and jesus thank you for the the many ways throughout scripture that you show us how to love people and just love on them from the woman at the well to the demoniac to the woman caught in adultery. You have those tough conversations with people. And Father, I pray for us to be a church that's known for its love, not for its hidden agendas, but for a church that just loves its community for the sake of loving its community. And Lord, I pray for the many conversations that we'll have this week, meaningful conversations, deep conversations, and I pray for your light to shine in every one of them. In Jesus' name.